It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. because we've got uh, a rather extensive piece of toilet roll on the pitch. Arfield's behind him and he's gone back to Arfield. He then fires it into Boyd in the penalty area across the ward, gets the ball in the box and Vokes has the simplest opportunity in the six-yard box to tap it home for the opening goal of the game. A, uh, a, uh, a foul on Adam Lutman, but it wasn't given. Apologies for the slight delay. We, just... we have, uh, we have ban- banners in front. Right in front of us, actually, as uh, the goal kick comes away. Oh, Lookman does superbly well to get past his man. And Boyd steps in. And the, uh, the banner wavers take their applause and now uh, retreat away to our left. As the uh, security guard takes away the banner. I didn't, couldn't read what it says, I'm afraid. No, I had, I had a different kind of view from here, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the backside of a protester. 
as uh, it sets off the Charlton crowd in vocal support of them. That's the first time we've had action up here. I'm quite pleased, I was thought I was missing out. <laughs> but, uh, well played, them. And uh, that's it for the first half. into the box with him for Gray it's come all the way through to Boyd edge of the six yard box that's an easy bury he was all on his own Boyd from that cross field ball and Burnley have a 2-0 lead Marnie looks for the big uh, long pass looking for the run of Andre Gray and it's found him edge of the penalty area as well he takes a touch takes a shot through the legs of Pope and it's 3-0 its way onto the uh, pitch from the covered in. Last time I remember seeing red smoke like that in the valley pitch was when uh, against Hartlepool when we were crowned champions not too long ago. There's a uh, free kick taken into Johnny Jackson. We have an interloper onto the pitch. Going across the centre circle as we speak. He's uh, holding up a banner of, uh, well a poster really rather than a banner. Can't read it from here. He's going on a bit of a, a circuit of the pitch. There are currently about seven security guards. One with a water bottle. I'm not sure what he's going to do with that. And a flare as well. It's all happening. It's the most pathetic attempt oh, we've got, to oh, try. Oh, oh he's dodged, dodged one. He's dodged another. Oh, the second one brought him down. They were quite sneaky, those uh, those security officials. They weren't on the pitch just now. They appeared from nowhere and brought him down. And off he comes. Quite sure it needs the uh, the six officials to give them uh, quite the uh, the departure he needs. They're uh, marching him away at some pace now. Little swap pass back to Cashel. Another flare makes his way into the six-yard box. They're playing on at the moment, Callum Harriet. If the ball goes into the, the six-yard box, the referee's got to call it off, surely. Callum Harriet back on it. He's given away a free kick here. And we have... Uh, I'm not sure whether that's a free kick the referee's given and that's allowing the, uh, the flare to be dealt with. We might have run out of sand in the bucket. Flair reaches the uh, edge of the penalty area. This one's an orange one. The man with the bucket doesn't know quite what to do. Should he go on the pitch? It's more interesting than the football at the minute. He's still not sure. He's got a blue asbestos glove. The smoke is going straight into his face. There's finally attacked towards the edge of the penalty area. Teixeira will jump. He comes off the back of Rod Fanny. Barnes can concentrate on the ball instead of the flare. The referee stopped the game again. Barnes should have really concentrated on the flare. He might have managed to play on. The man with the bucket has done his job. Just as we, he was helped out by another man with the bucket. We've got two buckets now. The flare's been dealt with. Will there be another one? For it and Burnley try and release from the uh, counter-attack. Nothing doing. No time added on. The 90th minute. I think that might be instructions from afar. 
and Burnley are now the Burnley fans have approached and got on the pitch en masse there's a wheelchair on the pitch is that a wheelchair or a pushchair I can't quite make it out I think it's a wheelchair some protesters are made onto the pitch as well I can tell you that I can see the banners yeah a few Charlton fans on, this, uh, on there as well there's been no attempt to get them off the pitch. It's absolutely ridiculous here. Well, I think um, that might be because the stewards are so intent on uh, stopping the Bur- uh, Charlton fans getting on, they forgot all about the Burnley. The Charlton fans are trying to uh, pull down the netting. I'm not sure that's going to happen. I've never seen anything like this in all my life at Charlton. Four Charlton fans now have made their way onto the pitch. And they are now in front of the West End en masse. And Burnley fans are joining in. Charlton fans and Burnley fans shaking hands. Charlton fans congratulating Burnley. Quite rightly so. They're now getting on to the matter in hand of the protest. Uh, yes, a very good evening. We thought we'd go straight into the highlights uh, this evening. Well, get them out of the way, I suppose, because we don't particularly want to... Uh, we are we are going to dwell a little bit on, on the highlights, obviously, and, and the match itself yesterday. Uh, and, of course, the... Uh, I don't know if, if it's big news, necessarily, but the news, anyway, that, uh, of course, Jose Riga handed, uh, informed everybody that he'd handed in his notice and uh, handed in his resignation. And that was his last game uh, in charge of the club. But um, we welcome everybody in the studio. We've got Nathan, we've got Lewis, we've got uh, Mark... Uh, Garmy Chef, uh, no, not, no longer Garmy Chef, it's something else now, you, you mentioned it just now, uh, smoking buns. Uh, and Tom, <coughs> welcome everybody. Hi, uh, right, Terry. We've got to talk about yesterday, we'll listen to uh, Jose Riga in a second, but uh, we have got a, uh, there's lots to cover, but very little of the game, I think uh, it's probably fair to say. We've got lots to talk about in terms of uh, what went on before and afterwards. Uh, but <coughs> I don't know, I thought, just to quickly touch on the game, I thought the game itself um, pretty summed up the season well it certainly summed up the second half or the last third of the season whereby for uh, 45 minutes we didn't look a bad outfit um, and a bit harsh to go in 1-0 down uh, and then we came out in the second well we didn't come out in the second half I think it's fair to say just nothing happened mm. except uh, Burnley thought oh thanks Yeah, I mean after the, after the second goal it sort of like you said it summed up our season as soon as that second goal went you know our heads dropped and then the floodgates open like we've seen many times um, this season so um, but I weren't really expecting anything from the game saying that <laughs> but um, yeah I don't know but it was a nice hot day <laughs> and there was a couple of protests there so you know all in all it was a good day considering the circumstances it was weird I thought uh, well not weird uh, surreal uh, unique I don't know unique, call it what you like yeah surreal. it was a mix, so many mixture of emotions because mm. a bit of pride there because you know Charlton supporters Vent in their spleen and, and, and in a big way, uh, especially on the pitch uh, after the game. Uh, uh, sadness that, that it's all happening at all, uh, and then anger thrown in there as well. You know, it's, uh, there's so many emotions going through yesterday, mm. and a little bit of jealousy as well because for the second season running, we've seen another team work their way up and get promoted here, and that's that's tough to see. There's so many teams 
you look back at when we were in League One and the difference other teams have made since then. You look at Southampton and Norwich were down there back in the day, and Sheffield Wednesday now in the playoffs. And yeah, it's tough to see all these other teams doing well and us going the other way. But um, yeah, it was uh, just a surreal day. The football itself kind of was insignificant, really, compared to everything else that happened. Completely, regrettably, um, and uh, I mean it was good. You know, the Burnley fans, we should say. Uh, I mean, it helped that we uh, we, allowed, we allowed them to uh, to go up as champions. Uh, I think it was a gimme to begin with. To be fair, uh, so it probably affected their mood a little bit. But um, to be fair, they uh, they came on the pitch afterwards, and and, uh, and and in the same way Brighton fans did um, the game before, assisted in the in the protest, especially after the game. Yeah, they were fantastic. I thought, and. Um obviously roared their team on throughout the game but as soon as that was finished and they were somehow allowed on the pitch uh, Charlton fans joined them and yeah it was really really powerful to see the two teams together and or sorry the sets of fans together and them holding up all of the posters and, and joining the Charlton fans directing those chants at the uh, at the director's box it was yeah a really good image to see and then obviously they went off to celebrate on their own but yeah it shows that the Fans United thing that we talked about at the Brighton game is still very much alive and we're going to need that support from other clubs, really, and yeah, yeah, it was good to see. And we'll talk more about uh, the post-match um, uh, shenanigans and the and the pre-match uh, stuff as well. The sit-down protest. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll after we've heard from from Jose, and we'll talk about uh, uh, the out. Uh, the, I don't know. I suppose the you know, the consequence of what Jose had to say, and uh, and who are the front runners? We've got uh, details already of uh, who, who the uh, the. The betting people say that uh, are odds on to uh, to come in. Uh, we'll also talk about, I think, uh, what players that uh, you saw leaving the pitch yesterday are likely to still be here next season. But before we do that, uh, and by the way, if you want to get get in touch with us, please do. You can do it through the usual channels. Uh, if you go on to tweet us at Charlton Live, uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk is uh, is also the email address. The usual stuff. Uh, please get in touch and. Uh, uh, we'd love to love to hear from you. No, Louis uh, Mendes, as you've probably noticed, uh, regrettably, um, I'm not sure what train uh, is it. Anglia, Greater Anglia, Greater Anglia yeah. has uh, has uh, let him down, uh, and I think he's on it. He's he's actually moving. He's moving in the direction of London, but that's as good as he can get at the minute. So, uh, bless him, Louis can't make it. Uh, no, Sue, Sue was going to make it as well, but. Um, uh, she's still down at Hastings, drunk as a skunk, by all accounts. <laughs> so, so, I can't say it's a blamer. Uh, so, uh, regrettably, they're not here for what will be our last uh, last Charlton Live of the season. Uh, a bit of sadness, a bit of relief <laughs> thrown in there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, let's hear from Josie anyway, and then we'll be back to discuss uh, what he had to say. Joined by Jose Riga after the uh, final game of the season, uh, unfortunately, a three-nil defeat to the champions. Uh, we have to we have to admit, but of course, from your press conference, which I've just witnessed outside, uh, the bigger news and the bigger information is, of course, that you've just announced that uh, this will be your your last game here at the Valley, and, and you've decided to step down. Um, yeah. Tough decision to make, uh, and and uh, you've come to that decision uh, over the last few weeks, or, or, or fairly recently. Well, it's not a decision that you can take like this in one day. It's based on what my what's my feeling week after week, day after day, and I decide not not to stay. From uh, from mixing the the story of of that plus plus the game itself, um, did this season and uh, certainly since since you've been here anyway, did mm-hmm. today's game pretty much sum up uh, the, the the difficulties that you faced and, and the difficulty the sides faced, whereby for the first half. We were probably the better side. Uh, we had the better chances. Their keeper made two or three fantastic saves to keep the minute, and we still went in the goal behind because one lapse of concentration 
uh, put us behind. Now, then 10 minutes left of concentration in the second half completely killed the game. But uh, did that sum up your time here pretty much? Yeah, because when I review most of the game, most of the game, we, we, we were there. I mean, we were present, but it's about being, being efficient. I mean, in football, you know, sometimes I think that <laughs> Atletico Madrid is a very good example. They can have 30% of position and then they win a game. It's not a problem for them. So it's clear that the fact we were not able to, to score even first and on the only real opportunity they score and I got this feeling because after 10 minutes I turned to my bench and I said to the staff it will be about being effective and it's clear what we were missing in this first half because as you said in terms of, of, of play we create opportunity, real opportunity we were yeah, most of the time in the control of the game so which is good which is good but not enough of course that's only the first step, the second one is to be able to score and I think that the game really ends with the second goal or even with the second half and start more to be difficult because of course you have a team looking for promotion being promoted, being champion more than promoted and you have another one knowing already that, that we were relegated so it, it was more and more difficult of course it was but uh, anyway I I know that, and um, I said it before, um, a lot of different kind of game has pressed on away, and, and some of them as QPR away, we were certainly deserving more. But the point, the fact is that, yeah, we didn't take what we, we, we maybe deserve to take, but that's the story of football sometimes, and, and that's the worst story for Charlton this season. You came back uh, for your second time here in similar circumstances to when you came the first time around, uh, looking or needing to, to put together a run for the club to, to, to keep us in the division. Do, do you, have you looked back between that, the first time you were here and the second time you were here, and, and judged the differences between the two occasions that, that have meant that the, whereas the first time worked, the second time didn't? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean... You know all that uh, the lack of uh, stability um, has made the thing more, more, more difficult. Uh, and it's about the turnover, about the player. It's about the, the, the turnover, about the staff and the global context. Of course, of course, of course. But I think that uh, at the moment I was still believing that we 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 can do it. For me, a huge difference. Also, I repeat, always the same. That's also what did Rotherham, because uh, it was really part of the the four teams that will have to to, to compete against relegation. And what they did, of course, put it us also in trouble. So, yeah, the, the global context was not the same at all. Anyway, I I was still hoping. Remember, big difference, for example. Um, I start home against Blackburn, we get a point, then we go to to Rotherham with a terrific score, good against direct opponent, and the game after I wasn't able to put the same team on the pitch, so this is also part of the story, and when you add all these kind of things, you have unfortunately the, the final result. 
From a personal point of view, uh, since you came to us the first time uh, and you had to deal with some crisis management, uh, you then jumped into Blackpool where you also had some crisis management. You've come back here for further crisis management. I suspect you're looking for a job a little bit easier next time around, aren't you? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, you're true, you're true, you're true. It's, it's about some, some choices and um, it's about... What 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 I expect in the future? Just be able to do to do my job and be focused on my job, and not, uh, yeah, all the other things. Well, of course, um, we're not going to dwell on uh, on the too many issues. I'm sure you don't want to talk about them anyway. But uh, uh, firstly, thanks obviously for for your second time here, uh, for trying your best to to get us out of the trouble we were in. Uh, uh, we appreciate every time you came in here and gave your honest opinion uh, after each game. Uh, we thank you for that. Yeah, I want also to say thank you to to all of us because I think we 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 had even in difficult moments great relation. I think a professional one, based on respect and loyalty. And I want to thank also all the people uh, with the same interest that I have for chat. Well, Jose, good luck in the future. Whatever thank you do, you. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. That was Jose Riga's uh, thoughts after uh, yesterday's game and, and obviously announcing his uh, resignation uh, during uh, during the main press conference outside uh, before he came into me. So uh, I knew already bef- um, what he'd said beforehand. So uh, fortunately, I was outside listening because sometimes I'm in here and you can't hear a word. Mm. You know, even though there are, there is there are mics out there, so sometimes you can listen in. But generally speaking, you can't hear much. So I was, it was lucky I was out there because otherwise he could have come in here after resigning and I wouldn't have known <laughs> if I hadn't have been out there, which would have been really awkward. You can sit, you be sitting yeah. there. So do you know what players you're getting? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to prepare for next season? Have you started planning for next season? Are you taking? So, so yeah, I, I got out of jail on that one. Uh, but uh, surprised? Uh, no, not really. I think um, disappointed. Uh, like I've said on a number of shows, I think I'm the current ownership he was probably the best we're going to get um, I think he's probably tried to go and seek assurances about the control he can have over the playing squad next year he's not had those assurances and he's off um, from the other point of view as I think I said on Thursday you could argue from an ownership point of view that they've brought him in to keep us up and he hasn't done that so they're within their rights to say you haven't achieved your, your goals um, but from a fan's point of view I think we have seen improved performances over the last couple of months uh, and I think if he'd have been given a bit more control over the players he could bring in, I think we might have had a better chance next year. But it's, it's you know, not gone that way. And you know, wish him all the best. The worrying thing for me is that um, in the build-up to yesterday, in the previous weeks, uh, and I don't, I, you know, I'm probably saying things that people already know by the way. But uh, in the previous weeks and months, uh, when he was asked the same question in the main studio, in you know, in the in the main press conferences. Uh, to answer the press, he just he simply said, "Well, let's see what the circumstances are. Uh, everything has to be correct, uh, and the decisions have to be correct for me to want to stay." Uh, which, I mean, I suppose if you read between the lines, means exactly what Tom's just said. Uh, uh, it, yes, of course, I'll stay, but I've got to be able to bring in my own players. I've got to be able to bring in. Uh, we've got to have a chief scout. We've got to have this. We've got to have that. And the fact that he's now going, does that mean that uh, those things won't be in place? And whoever comes and gets the job. Uh, has got to put up with it. You can only think so, can't you? I mean, I know we've seen the, the list of the front runners so far. There's a few more appealing names on it than it has previously. But at the same time, you have to look at how confident you are you're going to get any of those names and if they're going to get the control that they want, that you know maybe Jose was seeking and didn't get and that's why he's gone. Um, but it's a hard one. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about it and I'm gutted that Jose's gone purely because... I don't think we'll get what we want under this regime. I think we will get somebody else that's just in the long line of 
uh, network managers uh, and we're back to square one but we'll, you know, hey ho we might see him again in six months you never know <laughs> Mark you normally email us and you're in here uh, bringing apart from bringing goodies uh, we, we you know, obviously we want your opinion because you, which you normally email him but now you can you can do so live well I think it's a difficult thing for any manager coming in as you said there's no scout so you're going to rely on a manager who's got his own play, iron players so you know, there's, at the end of the season there's always a lot of players who are out of contract moving on from club to club you can normally pick up a good scratch side for players who've been released and you always look at the list and say oh I'd like him to come I'd like him to come there's no one here to go you know, go up and grab him go and grab him there's no one comes in for the next month all the other teams are going to be ahead of us by the time August starts we, we, we could have a Blackpool situation you know, I know we've got people on the contract but if you've got no one in to look after them you're going, you're going to be stuck because someone's going to come and say well I have no idea who any of you are or what you can do well when you think about it when we last time we were relegated to, to League One we had um, uh, a couple of seasons there where we didn't have the right playing staff to, to come straight back up uh, on the face of it we thought we might have but actually when it boiled down to it we didn't and it took them to bring Chris Powell in to, to completely change it and, uh, and he famously built a side in the summer um, and with the right kind of players to, to do what uh, had to be done and that got us up as champions yeah, 20, 20, pl- 20 players 20 players, 20 players uh, time, so effectively you think yeah. that's got to happen again hasn't it really yeah. well, I mean and Mark, Mark said about the point about the uh, recruitment side of it as, as, well, as well as the recruitment it's, you know oh hang on oh, oh hey. hang on hey. Hey. Obviously, Louis Mendes has, uh, has used a private helicopter uh, from uh, Greater Anglia. Uh, of, obviously, at great, great expense, they've, uh, they've, they've supplied you with uh, uh, the means of getting here, and Louis Mendes has now turned up. Yeah, it's, I, it's I actually walked. <laughs> <laughs> well, from you do look a bit yeah. flushed. Yeah, no, I've been, it's, I've, we, I was stuck at Chelmsford for three hours, I think, and then luckily a train came. No one here now. I was tempted by the cupcakes. So. No, we are. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be in Chelmsford for three hours. Well, there's a seat waiting for you here, my friend. Well, uh, uh, because uh, it, it should be. This is the last show. You've been the pilot for most of this season. This this seat is yours, uh, which I'm just keeping warm for you. Um, uh, I won't go any any further than that. We are discussing. Uh, we are discussing um, Jose Riga's uh, final press conference yesterday, and uh, I suppose now the thoughts are, who do we get in? Uh, we've just managed, we've just said how difficult it's going to be. Uh, there's some um, uh, a few tweets uh, that we we need to read out as well um, about yesterday. We'll do that. We've got some emails as well. Uh, so if you're, for for you out there, tell us who. I mean, there could be. There's three ones here. There's who do you think will come in? Who do you want to come in? And who do you absolutely not want to come in? Ever, ever, ever to this football club. So, uh, <laughs> by so, ever, do you mean Evans? Well, <laughs> Evans. I was, I was going nowhere near that. that, that that's. Uh, I don't. Wanna, don't you put words in my mouth? So, uh, yeah. Anybody? <laughs> he'd be on the list, though, wouldn't he? Uh, if um, uh, if you want to email us or, or tweet us those uh, those thoughts, then we'll, we'll read them out as uh, as we go through the uh, th- through the evening. But uh, guys, uh, the same question for you. Who do you think? Who do you want and who don't you want? Um, it, I, don't, I don't think it matters really what I want because I don't think we're going to get who we want. But um, I think in terms of people who we don't want, um, like a, a nobody that has no experience would be the first no-go, I don't think. So I'm not going to try and pronounce the Serb guy's name. I'm, one of you, can one of you pronounce it? The Serb guy's name? What guy? Louis. 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 Louis
Yeah, that one is. Which is probably absolute garbage, but nobody knows knows any different. We just agree, anyway. But I mean, I just, I don't really mind as long as they're sort of, they have experience of League One at least and hopefully Championship. But Wilder, I'd be happy with him. But again, I I don't, we were talking about on Thursday, I just don't see our situation as an attractive proposition for anyone. So I don't really know who else I should suggest, really. Yeah, I'm the same as Nathan, really. Um, in terms of not wanting an, another nobody, uh, Steve Evans is someone I just can't picture uh, being in charge of the football club I want to go and watch. Um, again, I'd take Wilder, but I don't see why he would leave uh, a Northampton side that are on the up and have just achieved promotion uh, to come here. But I'm here, everyone, now. But this, is, uh, this is the thing I was saying the other day. is that you know I remember, I remember when we wanted to sign Yan... Um, I mean, it, some noises did come out of the club that we're interested in Yan, but I think they're they're so naive that they they genuinely think just by being interested in someone they they think they can get them with the mm. Chris Wilder stuff. It sounds like you know, it sounds like there's been talk between the two mm. clubs, but whether he's going to turn around and go, well, yeah, I'll have that then. You mm. know, that that's another thing to be seen, I guess. I ca- I can't see it happening personally. I'd like it to because I think he, I think he could do a job. Uh, I think the fans would warm to him uh, pretty quickly because it's. You know, it'd be the first time under this regime we've brought in somebody that we thought, oh, this goat shies away from what they've been doing the whole time. Maybe this will be different. But, like you say, I don't think any any Charlton fan thinks we're going to get anybody but another network nobody. Yeah, seems well, it seems like we'll find out. <laughs> Tom, have you got any men you'd rather? Um, yeah, I think there's one person we'd all rather have back, but um, under this current ownership, he's not going to do it. Um, we talked on Thursday about maybe bringing in Clark or Yule from the youth setup. obviously has a bit more knowledge of the club knowledge of the youth players we've seen how Adam Ola's burst on the scene this year you'd think they'd be able to maybe introduce other players from the youth setup as well but like the other two have both said really I think we all know that whilst this ownership's in charge unless they stick true to what they've said and bring in somebody you know with British experience it's going to be another network person yeah, um, I wasn't in the press conference yesterday, Tell, but how, how did Jose seem when he when he said he was leaving? Well, at the end of the conference, that, uh, that, that uh, sorry, at the end of the interview I gave, uh, gave with him, that uh, he was welling up at the end. Uh, he was um, he started off quite uh, quite mild. He just announced it to the main press room, uh, and they were fielding questions about um, uh, basically. Is it because uh, you, you've got no control of players and you've got no uh, control of this? And, and he, he, he sort of guarded against giving too many answers in, in that respect. Um, he just uh, he just said, well, basically, uh, you know, I've said it's conditions had to be right and it doesn't look like they are right. Uh, you also get the, the feeling that uh, did he jump before he got pushed? Uh, because uh, I don't think too many of us really expected that he'd be here next season, regardless of whether he resigned or not. So you do wonder whether. Uh, that, that's the strange thing for me is why would he. When you resign, you don't. I understand you don't get the rest of your payout, do you? So there's, a, there's a school of thought out there that um, the contract that he was on uh, might have been um, beholden on him keeping us up. The second yeah. Year. So, so like a yeah, like uh, a, a retainer bonus. So uh, you only get that uh, second contract if you keep us up. So uh, I, I, no, I have no idea if that's true, but it might <coughs> it might explain why he, uh, he, he jumped rather mm. than getting pushed. Uh, but in the interview with me, uh, by the end, uh, he, he had uh, he had. To, uh, Water in his eyes. Yeah, I mean, I remember after the game up at Bolton, uh, after we'd just been relegated, he, uh, after the microphones went off, he apologised to me and Terry for getting us relegated. So he, yeah, he did, yeah. I think he cares. Uh, I think he does genuinely like Cholton, but whether he's the right man for this club, you know, I mean, pe- people seem to get carried away with the fact that 
because he'd been here before, he, he's got experience in English football, that sort of thing. Like in reality, before he came here, was he any more experienced in English football than the likes of Carol Fry or Guy Luzon? Yeah, I, I always shy away from the. Um, uh, the uh, has to be a manager of has to be British has to be English has to be uh, has to know the league etc because there's plenty of um, examples of managers uh, at other clubs coming in and just storming it mm. because they're just good they have a reputation of being good in the first place uh, and they um, I mean there's, there's Karanka how much experience did he have of any other league before he came in um, and he seems to have done a good job he's universally disliked by all accounts <laughs> but he's done a good job <laughs> nonetheless so um, you just want somebody who's either proven to be a, a, a good manager uh, and I think um, we'd all wouldn't mind Chris Powell back, but he, he w- that will only happen if uh, if a takeover happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no chance of him coming back. Right. He won't be anywhere near us. Yeah. Right. We're going to have a 45 second break so I can get my stuff together. <laughs> Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the middle again, And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson and rolled it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicaley, who buried his chance, and Charlton a 2 1 up. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, this is Louis Mendez. I have finally made it back from Norwich, where I've well, basically I've been sat in Chelmsford for three hours because Greater Anglia, like the trains went down, and they thought it'd be a good idea not to put on any replacement buses, and they said <laughs> they said just sit there. So let's uh, let's get a train moaning first, so it can be a proper Charlton show. Uh, right, I think I think you've gone through the game now while I wasn't here. Um, obviously, yesterday. Uh, was the biggest amount of protesting I think we've ever seen here at the Valley. Uh, uh, it started off with the sit-in protest, which was organised by Card. Uh, when fans got inside the ground, they found the, the fact that there was netting up above the uh, up above the, uh, the the North Stand to stop people throwing stuff on. And ironically, there was no mass throwing of stuff on planned anyway, so that was another waste of money. Uh, we then saw various guerrilla protests, uh, people running onto the pitch. The big banner that said liar pointing down towards Katrine uh, and uh, the pitch invasion at the end. So they're all, all various different protests organised by various different people. It really was a fascinating day here at the Valley. First things first was the, uh, the sit-in protest. Uh, this one was organised by Cards and they asked fans to sit in uh, to block cars getting into the car park. I caught up with a, a protester, uh, a, a guy called Stuart and he's not, he's not a member of Card or anything like that. He's just an ordinary fan like you're, you or me. Uh, and he was joining in the protest, so I wanted to know uh, why he was joining in. Stuart, you're sat here um, in, in the Valley car park, the sitting protest before the Burnley game. What, what brought you to be sitting here today? I'm just fed up with the way the club's running. There's no direction at all. There's, there's no um, nothing, nothing to the fans to say what they're about, what they want. Um, it just seems like the club's going downhill and it doesn't seem to be stopping. With um, the, the way the protests have built up throughout the season, I guess this is going to be the biggest day. You're expecting quite a lot today. Hoping so, yeah. Hoping there's, I mean, there's, there's a few people here already sitting down. Um, hopefully there'll be stuff going on during the game as well. Um, our aim is not to actually like get the game stopped for the sake of our Burnley fans because we could be we could be in the same boat as them and we wouldn't like it. But we've got to show to other fans that we're not going to stand here, we're not going to take it. This is this is going to happen to a lot of other clubs, not just Charlton. In the future, you're going to get these foreign owners coming in, and they're just 
using us as a plaything. It's, it's just a toy to them. It's, it's, they don't actually realise what clubs mean to our, our supporters, to us real supporters, and that's what we're sitting down and protesting about. We're not, we're not going to stand there. We're not going to take it, and we're going to show them that you can't come in and you can't run a club like this. We've um, we've already seen a few cars being turned around, so I guess you could say it's been quite a successful protest. It's worked so far, and um, obviously the, the cars that do park here, they, they are big wigs, um, so obviously they're going to put complaints to the hierarchy of Charlton, saying why couldn't we get in, you should have. Hopefully, the way the club's run, they've probably not emailed them. I mean, it's been on the internet from last night saying that we're going to be doing this, so they could have emailed them last night and said, come down to the valley early because it's going to be a process, but the way this club's run, it probably hasn't been. They probably just ignored them for that season they've done to us. And thus caused the cast of seeing that side waiting to get in. <laughs> so there we heard uh, us talking to Stuart there. Right at the end, I think it was Ben Tegg from Card was starting to do a speech, so he started shouting at the end. But um, we, we, I caught up with Stuart because, I mean, it, it is, we, we often interview people from the protest group or, you know, people there from the Voice of the Valley, that sort of thing. I thought it'd be interesting just to catch up with just a, you know, a normal fan like you or I and just to find out what he had to say. And, and you could see through his interview, uh, interview that he clearly wanted to be part of something to do with the protest, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, and there was quite a few. I don't know how many were there, do you reckon, Lou? Es- estimate about 600, maybe, from yeah. upstairs. Yeah, and there was, more, there was more around the other exits. So I was well. going to say, it was like by fixes, wasn't it? So, mm. I mean, yeah, it seemed to sort of put a sparring in the works before they You'd even... Have to stop bought. a Bentley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I heard, I heard the story from Tell about, you know, the Bentley and that sort of stuff, because I wasn't there at the uh, protest thing. So, but I obviously got the day off to a great start and... It was a fall. It was a fall in the side to the club from the off. Yeah, I mean, they, they were talking about trying to to make the club unmanageable. And if you think if you think about, you only get two sorts of people who park in the car park, and it's the, the wealthy people who've paid a lot of money for the the good tickets and the car park, and so so you get the disabled fans. And the car did make sure that they were letting the disabled fans through down the other end as well. Um, but it's just you think if you think the people like like this guy in the Bentley is supposedly worth a fair few quid. Apparently, that's not his only Bentley, um, <laughs> and uh, a Charlton fan apparently. But um, you can see how frustrated he was getting. The idea was that they want to make it difficult for people who've got a lot of money to come to the club perhaps or, or make people who have who have pumped in a lot of money not want to put any more money in and I guess that's what they're what they're going for yeah so I mean obviously we're trying to disrupt the you know disrupt it and do the best we can like you said try and make it unmanageable and then hopefully we can sort of push them out and they, they can sort of down tools and go right I've had, I've had enough of this and then they're going to move on so Hopefully and eventually that happens. So, watch your space, I think. Uh, right. Uh, also, from a car just uh, still during the sitting protest, I, bought, I caught up with Rich Pemberton. Uh, he's uh, he's a member of Card. He's also a member of the Supporters Trust. He's on the Valley Gold Board. He's very very much involved in uh, uh, in in the club here from a fan's point of view. And I caught up with him to find out uh, from Card's point of view why they were getting involved with uh, with such a protest yesterday. So I'm joined now outside the West Stand, still during the sitting protest by Richard Pemberton of Card. Uh, Richard, uh, it's another huge protest today, and it seems like it's been quite an effective one. Hey, it's been a a, a very large protest and uh, very effective. We've managed to block both the gates and uh, stop an awful lot of cars coming in. And uh, I think most importantly, we've taken the club unawares, who've set up for a big protest inside the ground, and we've taken it out uh, ahead of the game and uh, caused massive disruption for them, which is exactly what we're aiming to do. Yeah, I mean, we've heard the quote a few times now about trying to make the club unmanageable, and I guess not allowing their more expensive customers to come into the into the car park is a big step towards that. Absolutely, and we hear as well that the uh, Burnley coach was uh, 
was delayed too, which is a, a little bit of a mini victory too. So, uh, yeah, we were delighted with the turnout and we're delighted with the effect that it's had. Now, I've already been inside and I've noticed there's some large nets behind the, curl, behind the covered end goal. Now, at this stage, it's not 100% certain whether they're going to be taken down or not throughout the game. If they are kept up throughout the game, is that a bit of an insult? Well, I, I, I can understand it, to be honest, from the club's perspective, because they've uh, been put under an awful lot of pressure by the uh, Football League to make sure this game goes ahead, and obviously the majority of this stuff being thrown on comes on that end. But I think it's a, a little bit of an insult to, to Charlton fans. Uh, you know, the, we've not done anything particularly illegal. Um, we've had a few beach balls and things on the pitch. It's a delayed kick-off, but, uh, I mean, you know, even on the last day of the season, I don't think that's something that the football authorities can't work around. Um, it'll be interesting to see the covered end's reaction uh, when they go in, and uh, let's hope that it stays up for the whole game. <laughs> uh, now, with, uh, with this being the last game of the season, I'm expecting a lot of protests throughout the game today. Am I right to expect that? Uh, there, there is some stuff. We're not, um, uh, what we're not doing is we haven't organised any throwing of stuff on the, uh, on the pitch this time, um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a few people have brought some things to, uh, to help disrupt. But, uh, yeah, you'll, uh, you'll see as we go in, we've got a, a protest in the, uh, in the opening minute. We've been handing out a a lot of posters and things for people to hand up, encourage banners and things to come along as well. So uh, the rest is wait and see, I think. Yeah, yeah obviously the summer's here now, this is the last game. We'll, uh, I'm expecting nothing's going to really die down in terms of protests throughout the summer. Do you think there's things that are going to be built upon? Well, we're beginning to plan some things uh, for the close season. Um, obviously, we're hoping that before the start of next season, this lot will have gone and, 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 and found a, a new owner for the club. But uh, if that isn't happening, um, we'll be meet, continuing to meet and continue to organise uh, activities throughout the uh, the close season and indeed into next season as well. How do you uh, assess how well the protests have gone so far? Well, to be honest, I'm absolutely delighted with the way the protests have gone so far. I mean, obviously, like uh, like anything, there are some things that, that work better than others, but I think uh, pretty much everything has had an impact of some sort. Um, and I think, you know, the, the delay in the last game uh, and the support, particularly from the Brighton fans, um, was uh, particularly effective. I think you only have to look around at the number of police and number of stewards uh, and the, uh, the other measures like the netting that the club are, are taking now uh, to show just how difficult we've made, the, made it for the club uh, to even to get through a match now. So, yes, yeah, so we're very, very pleased with the way things have gone. And is there only one end game for Card, and that is Roland de Chasselet sending the club? Simple answer, yes. There was uh, Richard Pemberton there not messing around when he said that the, the, there's only one end game for, for Card, and that is Ronan selling uh, the club. And I guess that they, they certainly made the, their voices heard yesterday. Absolutely, they did. It was, um, it was uh, uh, probably the most uh, vociferous uh, and lengthy protest, especially after the, uh, after the game. Uh, but uh, the sitting, the sitting uh, protest, which I, I, I was, uh, I, I wouldn't say sceptical of. I don't suppose it, that's the right word. But I did wonder how how quite they'd manage it, how many people would actually turn up. But it was it was very effective. Yeah, that, that was the thing that got me. I was I was worried it'd be a bit of a damp squid. To be honest, I, I just didn't think people would turn up that early, for, especially when it's an early kickoff. But yeah, there was thousands of people out there, and he was just topped off by this guy in the Bentley. Independently, yeah, yeah. The, the fact that he uh, he nearly hit either the brick wall and and or the gate, <laughs> both both attempts, which is why he got the ump in the end. And, and he, he was getting well. He was shouting. Apparently, he was shouting something on the lines of uh, "Charlton's a great club." Great shame club, about shame about the fans. About the fans. That's what he shouted. He yeah. missed the, uh, the the point there. <laughs> <that's> just, <laughs> I, I think he was. I think he was just um, frustrated because he was trying to get out. Uh, trying to reverse back up, and the, the fans weren't overly happy with him coming back out either. I think they just wanted to keep him there, uh, and uh, then they just started taking the Mickey out of his driving because he nearly hit the brick wall. Uh, and then at that point, I think he just lost it, and so I think he just shouted the first thing that came into his head, really. Uh, and while he was shouting that, he nearly hit the gate. <laughs> so uh, it was quite amusing, I thought. Anyway.
Right, um, he won't be buying us, though. No, will he? Oh, well, and would you? No. Uh, well, he's probably wasted all his money on Bentleys. Well, that's true, really. <laughs> uh, uh, right, also, I'm, I'm going to try and go through what the timeline of actual protests. So we, we had the uh, we had the sitting, which I think worked really well. Then we got into the ground and the fans all had the placards, which they all held up at the start of the game. Um, I think a few people lob- few people did lob a few bits on over the over the. There was a decent yeah. attempt to get uh, yeah, a, a, yeah. yeah. It looked like uh, it looked like the six yard box was festooned with stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what else happened in the first half? Was there anything before that? The uh, the liar banner before that? Was it? I don't think so. No, I think it was just a lot of those placards were sort of screwed up and chucked on the pitch. Placards, yeah, a few whistles were toilet, flying about. Toilet roll. Toilet, toilet roll. roll. We, I, by the way, I've, I've I've got a pet hate on that toilet roll thing. We've got to learn to throw toilet rolls properly. You've got to keep <laughs> hold of one end, surely. To make it look even reasonably effective for a, for a little while, anyway. Is that how they used to do it back in the day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You've got to keep hold of one end so there's a stream, and then you let it go. Just to throw a, a full a bog throw. roll on, yeah. a, on a toilet. <laughs> oh, it might hit somebody, and that's reasonably well, amusing. But bit, you? well, you've got to have a bit of the end uh, to, to get a streaming effect, uh, <laughs> and it's more difficult. It's more difficult to clear off as well. So I guess the the highlight of the first half, then, as we've already alluded to, we were. Uh, obviously, tell you, you were busy commentating with Greg, and all of a sudden, uh, there's a man's backside in your face. Well, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't get the the lady was a bit further away, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, it was just the the, the fella's backside. Um, so we were quite uh, we were quite impressed because, uh, as I mentioned on commentary, I think um, we hadn't had any action up up by the west <laughs> top west uh, top west end. So uh, we were quite impressed that we were part of it. I got my forehead in the shot, which I was quite pleased yeah. with. Uh, it's one of the most iconic photos, really, from yesterday's protest. Is um, uh, it's obviously, I think it's taken from the North Lower, so the, the, the guy and the girl are holding this liar with the arrow pointing down, and someone's lined up the, per- the perfect photo, so the arrow is <laughs> literally pointing on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Katrine's face. <laughs> and, uh, do, you, do you think that would embarrass her? It would, uh, I think out of all of them, um, it, would have, uh, it would have resonated, I think. Personally, yeah, well, it, yeah. it can't not. You can, can it? tell it did by the look on her face, and we were saying off air that was what was so brilliant about it was obviously when they unfurled it originally, it was slightly off, and then the whole crowd sort of waved them and pointed them into the right place. <laughs> when they dropped it, and it was right over her head, and you could see her face underneath it, and the, the picture shows she wasn't happy, and obviously she didn't stick around for the second half, and I think it it really rattled her because that's you know it's a bit more personal. It's Maybe with the stuff with the club, she can perhaps try and ignore, but um, but that was directed directly at her, and there was nothing she could do about it. Yeah, I know someone uh, was telling me when it was on Sky that they zoomed right into the liar banner, zoomed out slowly, and then zoomed in really quick on Catrion's face. <laughs> it was like the perfect shot, uh, and she yeah she didn't look too smirky in in this one. Yeah. Uh, so then the the halftime whistle goes. Um, 
Burnley come out and I think I think it's probably for the good of the protest that we went three 0 down quite quickly uh, because <laughs> it meant it meant that from now I mean we we hadn't there wasn't too much before that but once once we did once they were three 0 up there was no chance of us getting back into it. Are so. you suggesting that the players in some way colluded with the protests? I've been doing it all season. Oh right. The fact that they were free they were three 0 up meant anything we did now wasn't going to stop them winning the title. So I think the Burnley fans are quite happy to be on side as well and, and so much praise for them. For, for joining in throughout the game and after, uh, and then so so what started happening in the second half? We saw the smoke, flares smoke mostly. Bombs. Yeah, the smoke yeah. bombs. I've got another. I've got another yeah. problem with that as well. Go on. We're obviously just a two bucket club because <laughs> by the time the third flare came on, it took ages for anybody to get that one off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, you look at it from another point of view. Is the, the club are charged with the safety of the people who attend the game, the safety of the players, making sure the game goes ahead. If people are coming in. Uh, and they've tried to they've tried to stop them by putting nets up for for starters. Imagine that smoke bomb hit the net and went back into the crowd. Mm. But um, uh, the, the, it means that they haven't searched people properly. And I know they were being moaned at for for searching in the first place. But if people are smuggling in, I mean, yeah, that, you, that is something that the, the, mm. they could be looked down. There, on. I should imagine there, there are certain places you can put a flare that you just won't search. For a start, I'm, I'm just I'm just guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was. Uh, I couldn't believe that. The, couldn't but um, the 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 net and the, the flare thing going back in the crowd is, is is one issue that I, somebody else raised it. I think it might have been on the chart life forum, but forgive me if that's wrong. But um, that that uh, the reason those gates are at the front of the covered end and the front of most of the stands, or, well, all the stands all the way around, is for fire exits, right? Yeah. So for any any em- emergency evacuation, those gates have got to be open so the fans can get out quickly. Well, with a net in front, how possible is that? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. the, the net was the other side of the track, but still, if there was some, well, if there was some really dangerous situation where people had to be on the pitch, yeah, but it's only, away, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the gap rather is than, too small, yeah, isn't rather it? Rather than everyone going into that gap and then having to go around exactly, the sides, yeah, and that, yeah. that could have been dangerous. Mm. And, and did you notice, by the way, uh, before the kickoff, we've obviously only got one set of those nets because what normally happens pre-game is that um, behind, uh, beside the, the main goal, they put the nets up. So it's when they put the practice net goal there, and if, you know, especially with our players, uh, they're <laughs> going to miss the goal and hit the, uh, and, and the fence. So they normally have one at one end and one at the other for the opposite team. Well, we obviously haven't got more than two because they were right in front of the covered end. <laughs> the Burnley pl- uh, players had to bring the net about 30 yards into the pitch to practice shooting. So when they missed, it didn't hit the back of the thing. So we've only, obviously only got one set because they couldn't use them. Uh, right, we've got plenty of tweets uh, coming in now. If you want to catch up, there's a few yeah. protests on, isn't there? Yeah, there's quite, there's quite a few. So, um, Matt Marion was uh, just in general saying, thinking back, I realised that I hardly noticed the game yesterday. Too much else going on, too many emotions, which we all sort of yeah. spoke about at the beginning. I, 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 actually missed, I actually missed the first goal. I didn't like. I was too busy, too busy trying to tweet about the process. And <laughs> I think most of our back yeah. four were doing yeah. the same. <laughs> I only, only saw it this morning on, uh, on the video. Um, Sebo's also tweeted, which I understand he'd done the worm in the middle, didn't he? He did, game, he did yeah. the worm in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, Sebo said, one thing I got from Riga's speech, apart from him saying goodbye, was that I feel that he gets Cholton and what the club is all about. Again, it goes on to say uh, that you said he's welling up and stuff, so it makes sense. Uh, Laura CY said that it sounds like he's arrived. I'm assuming that's Louis. <laughs> um, Andre's tweeted in saying um, the Serbian network guy is known in fan circles as Vinegar Joe. So, I mean, if you can <laughs> tweet in again and sort of explain that a little bit more. Well, I guess that's like how Chelsea fans called, uh, called Aspel Laqueta. Dave. They call him Dave, don't they? Oh, right, OK, yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, Lewis Wheeler has suggested Ian Holloway as our next manager. <sighs> I, mean, I know we're desperate. Press conferences will be interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Laura's tweeted in again saying, I watched it on TV but hardly made any comment when in the past I've shouted at it. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Um, Marion's said, um, unusually I wasn't 100% how many goals there'd be. Well, which at least it was under six or five. Um, and then Mark's gone onto the policing side of things. He said, I'd like to know what the Met Police will have to say about the unnecessary violence of yesterday's stewarding, um, which I think that's the, the guys in the blue, isn't it? The stewarding, what's going on about. Uh, will there be a class action against taken against Charlton by those fans intimidated, injured and harassed? Uh, Stephen Gates has tweeted in saying Regal was just a puppet of the current regime he's jumped before being pushed at least he's hinted at the poor structure of a club which he did actually say something about stability when he was talking about Burnley wasn't he yep. so, yeah did you guys cover that during the, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then John, John, John O'Sullivan said I think the sittings could be effective next season especially for fans like me that won't be going into the ground before the game um, Laura's tweeted saying Sky did show a lot of the placards and banners in the crowd plus the removal remo- the removal of the liar banner um, and the last couple John O'Sullivan said again they need to go further more numbers and willing to cause much more disrupt- disruption like blocking matchday officials and, op- and opposition players coaches and Mark Crome said annoying listening to Sky say we have no money issues blah 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 they have no clue yeah, I've, I've noticed a few people's... Jam- Hold on, Sky concentrating on money issues, who'd have thought? Yeah, <laughs> yeah apparently they said that there's no... Because obviously the, the question marks over the finances of the club is it, by the looks of it, Roland, we owe money, a lot of money to Roland, and that's the reason why... Or stay pricks or, or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, that's the reason, yeah, stay pricks, yeah. That's steady, the, steady! That's the, uh, that's the reason, yeah, that's... What time is it? Five to eight. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Chelmsford so long it's no rubbing off. Apparently, Ronan's lent us the money, so that's why there's the £38 million uh, on the table for, to be bought out. Uh, Stephen Gates about saying Regal was just a puppet of the current regime. I mean, that's the thing that confuses us, because like, when, when he first came back here, he, he definitely tried to distance himself from the regime, and, it sound, and he has talked out about um, a little bit since he's been here. But at the same time, he does still keep accepting jobs. So you could argue that he was just desperate for any job. I mean, he even went to Blackpool, didn't he? So you can <laughs> exactly, yeah. So he, he would have happily gone uh, anywhere. Well, we'll go back to Mark's tweets about the um, uh, the, the, the he's, he's, what he calls the unnecessary violence of yesterday's stewarding. Now, of course, uh, as, as the game went on, it came to the end, uh, the, there were so many police down our end, down the Chapman end, the covered end, uh, they didn't think about. They the forgot. We <laughs> got <laughs> yeah. about the Burnley fans down the other end who all piled on. Of course, as, as, as they would be tempted to when, they, when they've just won the I was, title. I was saying before we started the show with the guys. You just imagine all the police standing in front of the cover and looking at each other, going, "Do you reckon we've forgotten something?" <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I just get this strange feeling we've forgotten something, and then they then they turn around and see the Burnley fans coming on and oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so see once the Burnley fans get on. Um, uh, then the Charlton fans they, they all started to find a way to get on and then you know there was some really quite violent struggles and I mean that's what that's what you'd expect when there's people trying to pitch invade obviously they only concentrated on the Charlton fans which is a bit questionable but um, do, do you think there's there's any reason for that amount <coughs> you'd, you'd have thought that once once that pitch invasion had happened once the Burnley had come on and, and the stewards weren't stopping them the police weren't stopping them there was even wheelchairs and all sorts coming on uh, and people helping them so you think once that's happened then and some Charlton fans were coming on and there was n- never going to be any trouble you know there were uh, Charlton Burnley fans mixing shaking hands no problems at all you think at that point they'd think well actually the best way to manage this now is let them all come on 
and then slowly get them out afterwards, which is in the end what they did. Yeah, right. But they still had the odd few trying to man, you know, trying to take yeah. out the the odd one fan trying to get on, which makes no sense yeah, at we all. Saw, like in the in the corners of the north stand, uh, where just around where the netting was, there were there were still violent struggles going on, which I thought was a bit ridiculous. Event, like I say, eventually the, uh, you saw the police tactically withdrawing and actually all walking away and being waved away. Uh, and then they eventually very slowly moved everyone towards the, the, the south, the, the Jimmy Seed stand, uh, and, and let them out, which was uh, uh, very interesting. The, um, the behaviour of the Burnley fans is something that I'll never forget because it was so it was impeccable. And yep. can you imagine, like, if you look back to our, our game at Carlisle when we got promoted, and uh, many people went onto the pitch there and they were just so joyous. Can you imagine? In that situation, if you had to think that, oh, actually, I need to, I need to join in someone else's protest as well. In mm. my mind, I, I would have forgotten that there was another team on the pitch, yep, yep. but Burnley didn't, yeah. and they were chanting. Oh, they had our banners. It was, it was just incredible. I think the the, the fact that um, they were already promoted helped that situation. I think if they needed to beat us to even go up at all, and we'd have beaten them, whether they'd have had the same <laughs> attitude is is a debatable one. But even so, I mean, let's let's forget the the, the possibles and the whys and the and the hows. But uh, the fact that they uh, they they came on and were, and were brilliant quite frankly mm. uh, on Twitter MICFC says so many police and police horses how much would that cost the club and still there were people smoking in the North Sand toilets <laughs> <laughs> well they had to because uh, there was no toilet paper well they had to do something because they couldn't go toilet in there yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were saying I thought you were implying it's over cleaning themselves but <laughs> setting themselves on fire um, uh, I'm not sure if the club actually have to pay for the policing or not. Sometimes, question. I think when it's inside extra the ground, stuff. I, I think they I think do. When it's inside the ground, I think they probably would. I think there, there is a deal now that uh, that they have to pay a certain amount. I think, but I think, um, or or at least you get a certain amount because you don't see police in grounds generally now anymore. You see stewards. Uh, because the police um, don't... Stewards, you think they're police. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. So you don't tend to see too many police in the grounds, and I think Charlton then don't pay particularly for, for normal policing outside the grounds because that's just um, crowd control, or public um, behaviour control, which is part of the police's remit. Uh, but uh, if you have to draft in extra police and special police, which there clearly was yesterday, then I'm sure there's a bill there coming. Just a few, Bob. Uh, other flashpoints we saw um, directly below where I was in the director's box... Um, there was a, f- a few fans being led out quite forcefully, and one of them was David White, former director here. He was having an argument for about five, ten minutes. Well, there were several, weren't there? Yeah, right? Before leaving, and, and you'd think that for why they decided the director's box, the fans who paid the most money, all of a sudden had to leave. There were still people around me in the West End at this point. They were, they were allowed to stay. I don't know whether it's... And, and I'd love to know, and if, if David's listening, or, or you know, he can, uh, someone can get hold of him to find out, whether it's because um, they were also standing up with... Uh, banners or placards or whether they were joining in the singing uh was the reason i don't know i'm guessing i mean we are guessing whether it's because the uh, uh police thought that the uh, because the fans were aiming their anger at the director's box uh, whether they just didn't realize who they were aiming their anger at and they thought if we clear the director's box out they've got nobody to shout at therefore they won't stay there but I'm guessing. I really don't know because it makes no sense. Yeah. Why would you clear out when when the rest of the stands are full of fans? Why would you empty the director's box? And then when they didn't particularly want to go, 
Yeah, try and force them, forcibly was, drag them out. It makes one, no sense. Yeah, there was one guy in a white shirt who I sort of filmed. I was watching it. I was watching it through my camera at the time, so I didn't realise quite how easily it went down. Yeah, no, it, it did go down a, a, yeah. a bit as easy as Reza yeah, does. Yeah, so I was going to say I don't know why Reza's <laughs> been allowed to sit in the director's box. <laughs> he should be forced to sit on the sofa. But um, the uh, yeah, I mean they were they were dragging him out, and like he, he was, I think he decided to go yes. down. But the fact was they were dragging him out for no reason. Like, it made why, no what, sense. What reason do they have? And then finally there was uh, another listener to the show, and I. I I'm sure he's happy enough to be named because uh, I wasn't naming him when I was taking photos of him during during his little sitting protest. But he's tweeting me about it a fair few times. So Robin Lisbon was that the guy on the, the, the last one? Even the bottom right. Robin Lisbon oh, sat in top the quality. box, and I was I was taking photos of him. I won't I won't certainly was him until he turned around as well and gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> but that was um, now, now he, he went around it the right way. He just sat in sat the seat and, and just refused to move, and he was uh, pretty much the last Charlton fan out of the ground. Now that now that's a, a good a good state, isn't it? That's quality. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, uh, so let, let's um, let's have an amnesty here. Hands up if you got on the pitch, Lewis. What was it like? It was alright. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't too bad. Yeah. I got um, I got a lot of sofa fluff in my in my face. <laughs> I wonder where he was going with that. that was alright. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, no, did, it was you find, did you find any um, anyone trying to stop you get on the pitch? How did you get on? No. Um, uh, I a steward actually let me go on. He was like, "Go on then." <laughs> he didn't really care. Um, my friends were already on, and I was I was behind them. Where about, uh, whereabouts were you seen in the north stand? North upper. North upper. So, so we made a, a swift shuffle round to the family stand, <laughs> uh, into the east, and just down the stairs. And so, obviously, it's the, I guess the, the big question that people want to know is what, what 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 made you decide that you felt you felt you wanted to protest on the pitch? What what, what was it built up inside of you? I just think that. One, you see everyone else doing it, and you want to join in. Don't you? <laughs> every every Charlton fan wants to be on the on the pitch at some point. Shame it's, it's not celebrating a promotion. I'm mean, just a shame that we're going to be. It was for a protest, but um, it was just it was my way of making the point. I think and joining in and that the feeling of solidarity between us and the Burnley supporters was something I'll never forget because I had Burnley fans coming up to me and hugging me and shaking my hand and telling me that oh you will get your club back, you will win. And, and it's just amazing. Like they've just won the title, and their focus was, you know, shouting at the director's box with us and protesting. I know they, they all joined in the sit down when you want them out, and then yeah. we realised how wet the pitch was, <laughs> and we all got up really quickly. <laughs> and uh, how close were you to the infamous sofa tearing? Um, I was I was bang in the middle, basically on the centre circle. So I I didn't get much of the sofa. I just got the cushions. Um, yeah, I think that's in the end the only thing that got ripped up. That's the, the only thing that came yeah, over the back the cushions. cushions yeah. The rest of it yeah, yeah. was salvaged um, by the uh, uh, by yeah, the club I mean, staff. The, I mean. um, we won't name the person who uh, we, who we saw getting so because I don't think he's named himself anywhere. But oh, okay, it was some it was someone who I've known for a little while now as a, a, a prominent protester. Uh, someone who personally I never thought I'd see being chased around by a policeman in my entire life. That's the true. Thing I've ever seen. That's, that's a fair point, especially with a sofa on his back. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, 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 so we, saw, we saw there's a video of him as well. There's a few of them grabbing the sofa yeah. and dragging it out towards the middle of the pitch. The policeman come, he, he put his hands up and walked away. A couple of others grab the uh, the cushions. And there's that, there's that now uh, that now almost viral video of people tearing the the yeah. <laughs> the, the cushions, the stuffing, to, yeah, and the stuffing to, to pieces. And I. Obviously, that was really funny and hilarious. But people are saying, like, oh, that, that, that's a symbol of... I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I don't think the sofa's the worst thing that's ever happened here. <laughs> but it is a symbol of something that... This is something that the majority of fans don't seem that don't seem to want. And they've just yeah. ignored us and just used it anyway. So it's quite a symbolic gesture, really. Yeah, symbolic think- was the word I used earlier when we were talking about it off-air. Because it is... That 
seeing that at the side of the pitch every day that sums up this ownership and like you say it's not the worst thing they've done at all but it's just something that's, that fans don't like it's something that's come from this ownership and we've obviously seen that award they've got this week about the whole fan experience and everything and it just summed everything up so it was so symbolic to see it ripped to shreds you know and uh, yeah all of the uh, the fluff sort of floating across the pitch it, it looked good from the north apparently they were trying to get it off with a Henry after the police moved everyone there was the pitch was covered in fluff and then a little while later you saw photos of two Henry Hoovers <laughs> 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 I would have taken a while wet grass yeah. is a fantastic yeah. idea has anyone, well, we'll have to see if we can get out there well, they, 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 they were using it today so I'm assuming yeah. that uh, in some sort of five-a-side tournament so I'm assuming they, uh, they've got up most of it yeah if I could just sort of like slightly defend the sofas, you know, it's only slightly. When you've seen who's been on it, and generally they've picked families with a couple of small kids, mm-hmm. and for those kids, having that experience that close to the game would have been something for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can sit wherever we sit on the ground and watch it, but mum, dad, or whatever, they, they were never going to put like four blokes like us on that sofa. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you, why not? Because when because when a goal went in, you'd be on the pitch, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they fit four of us on it. No, that'd be a corner sweep. If they chose me, I'd sit there in my dressing gown and eat cereal. <laughs> but I said, but if you look at the way it's been used for, I think most of the time has been on there. It's been a family with small yeah. kids, and that's who you're looking at. That who they who they aim that sofa at. Yeah, I mean, we I, might. I mean, it's a silly thing, but for an experience for a family. I think with most things, uh, when uh, if a club is, is is going in the right direction and everything's tickety boo and sweet and everybody's happy and we, you know everybody's moving in the same direction, fans and, and ownership and management, mm-hmm. then it's a thing that you look at and you think, well, it's a bit twee, but yeah, fair enough. I remember the podcast after Hull when we won in the last minute. I think all of us said if we'd have been on that sofa for that game, we'd have joined. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then it was quite a funny thing, but yeah, obviously while the season's gone downhill, that's still there. Oh, no, I don't think it's, it's just about results. I don't. I mean, no, I don't want to no, no, give no. the impression that. Or just because we're losing, everybody doesn't want to sofa. I think it's more. You said it just now that it rep- what it represents yeah. uh, in terms of uh, what they believe um, an ex- match day experience should be. Uh, and regrettably, a sofa is higher up the list than football. Yeah. That's the bit I think which which irks uh, more than most, rather than the sofa itself. <laughs> Right, we want to know what you guys made of yesterday's protest. Email studio at channelnive.co.uk. You can tweet us at channelnive. I've got a couple of tweets that have come in. Big Tone uh, says, I'm so proud of all the protesting fans. That's how much football clubs mean to people, uh, thanks to Burnley fans too. And then David Sumners uh, says, Believe they were trying to clear the director's box so, so not a target for fans' anger. Don't think it was because we joined the protest. I'm guessing Dave was, uh, was in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one more. Uh, MIC. Now, I didn't see these until I, I noticed a, a photo on Twitter. Do you want to read this one out, mate? You've got to tweet, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking, yeah, he's what it is. Um, yeah, so who is it? My VFC? VC? Yeah, yeah um, He said, my son Harley checked out the amnesty bins on the way home. Only burgers. Only burgers. Yeah. Did, <laughs> <laughs> did they really think someone would ditch their stash? Which, I mean, I was thinking about it. And it's like, you if you're going to go in there with like, a loo roll, I think you walk up to you know turnstile and you go, ah, oh, there's an amnesty bin, well, I better put it in there. And just go <laughs> I mean, who's going to do my, that? My son said, wouldn't it have been... Co- if they'd have announced the fact they were going to have amnesty bins, oh. wouldn't it have been really cool that if everybody would have brought knives and guns <laughs> <laughs> and stashed, stashed, stashed them in the bins, and when they opened them afterwards, they'd they were like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but right. I've just, yeah, I've just, I've just retweeted a photo of uh, the Henry Hoover's getting to town on a, on the, on the, the sofa fluffer. We're going to be back in thirty seconds. We're going to read out your emails about yesterday's game. What do you think about a shot? No, he tees up. Look, but into the penalty area, and there's number four. 
Ola Lukman back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here. Pack Studios is the last show of the season. Uh, uh, it's been uh, it's been an interesting season, <laughs> and uh, it, it all came to a, it all culminated yesterday in the most massive fan protest I think possibly ever. I mean, I wasn't around in the mid eighties. I suppose it's in not terms of, uh, on a match day at a game. Well, I think the, the 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 what was billed as the last game, the the Stoke game. I think there was quite a few on the pitch then as well, um, not because they were tearing bits up of. of off the pitch as well as, uh, as as chanting, so I think that probably came close. Whether there was as many, it's a difficult one to remember. I, I think at the time it seemed that way, but maybe not. Uh, there was a few, um, yeah, uh, probably a few anti-Glickstein stuff earlier on, bef- long before that. Um, but that was probably in in, in the relation to the sit-down protest. You know, a few hundred, maybe never, never that that sort of quantity uh, or, or quantity of people. So you, you could well be right. There you go. Right, uh, so we wanted to know what you guys made of yesterday's game protest or the, the general feeling around the club, and we've got emails flying in, We have, we've got quite a few uh, catching up on them. I've got one from Simon, Simon Fucci. I'm um, hoping I've pronounced your name right, Simon. Um, and this came um, after last week, so um, we didn't have a chance to read it out last week. But uh, it just says it's it's about um, coming, coming to... Um, to Charlton generally and I've been, he says I've been coming to Charlton since a boy including Sellhurst I've been a season ticket holder for longer than I can remember if you're fighting for your club you can't all do your own thing you need to be organised so I'm following Card's lead those who don't are undermining the protest you can't just pick and choose what you like this is breaking my heart but I will sacrifice it for my club and that's I think because we were um, I think in previous shows we were talking about um, you know don't criticise other fans for, for not doing uh, what you're doing type of thing but uh, Simon says really we all should be doing the same thing you know all, all should be doing the same thing to, it would be a lot more powerful if oh, absolutely. If, of course everyone, it would, yeah. if everyone did the same thing and if everyone wanted to, to not have the season ticket then that would be powerful but the problem is that isn't the case Not if some people do want to have a season ticket yep. and, and they want to protest in different ways or they don't want to protest and so on that's, that's just always the way it's going to be but you know that's why it is useful that we did have someone who, who got organised and you know the, the the protests. I think I think you could, the, the protests were in two different veins yesterday you had, you had the card stuff which was the big you know the big showy stuff we've had throughout the season, and you've had the the more guerrilla protesting, like the the pitch invasion, the flares and stuff. And obviously that's not card, but at the same time, card can't put their name to something like that because they could be in trouble mm-hmm. for that. And whoever, whoever took it into their own hands, you know, in retrospect, it's one of the best things, <laughs> one of the better things we've had this season. To be fair, but you know, it, it all went very well, and everyone processed in their own way. But it is useful to have someone organised like card to help direct people and to help let them know what, what people can do. Chris Davins uh, emailed us as well. Very proud to be a CFC fan tonight. Proper protest, proper disruption, no stupid gimmicks, silly masks and appeals from card to behave and no swearing... Uh, and then he says stuff that, but he doesn't say stuff, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> proper protest, civil unrest, and that's how you get the <clears throat> out. Uh, Card of their place uh, have done well, but their softly, softly approach has ran its course. I now s- I see that they are now trying to get support for the first match next season to be abandoned. Don't quite know how they plan to achieve this, as they have told everyone not to renew season tickets and not to attend until this lot leave. Confused? Me too. Uh, I do feel that some of these car people have their own agendas, love the limelight, cozying up to their mates on Jolton Life uh, and taking applauds. This may not be the populist view, but it's mine. Uh, nicey, nicey ended today, now it's war. Have more respect for the lone pitch invader than for a lot of the car leadership. I don't see them denying 
involvement on the pitch invasion sofa destroying they are suddenly quiet on this one and accepting the plaudits I think they've got to coin a phrase got too big for their boots it seems many just blindly accept everything cards say and do and afraid to criticise thanks for your time I'll be there next season whether card advised me to or not they aren't the law Really proud of our fans today. The smoke bombs, flares, uh, rubbish on the pitch, all quality. I've been going to the Valley since 1973. Seen it all in my time and don't cowtail to anyone. Uh, and that's, um, that's from Chris. Thanks, Chris. Uh, so it's a sort of mixed one that it, it sort of doesn't, uh, um, doesn't want to file a cards lead, but he, you know, because he wants to be a lot more well, militant, I suppose, for want of a better word. No, no one's stopping you ever doing that, Chris. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> I mean, bits of that ego. I mean, people always, people always seem to have this opinion of someone who's, Got out there and done and done something. He's like, oh, he's doing it for his ego. Well, <laughs> to be, I'm sure they put in a lot of hard work, and it's not really worth the ego sort of thing. Uh, it's always going to be a feeling, though. Anybody, you know, when you're when you're leading something, there's a, that term, accusation is always going to fly around, I suppose. But um, I mean, that's that's what Chris believes, and, and he's entitled to it. Um, this is from uh, Robbie Lisbon, who uh, we mentioned earlier. Hi guys, where do you start, and how can you find the words to describe such an extraordinary day? I'm so proud to call this club my home, and its fans my family. To each and every fan card and others, including of course you guys, everyone involved represent, represents the spirit of Charlton and how heroic we were as we showed again yesterday how we won't be broken. It was extraordinary to witness every fan channeling their energy into peaceful and respectful protests, apart from the sofa, but that was brilliant. Uh, I watched event, events unfold from the director's box with my friend Jack and had, a tears, had tears in my eyes. It just hurt to see the deep level of distress and frustration that emotionally fired up so many fans, unfortunately for all the wrong reasons. As I sat there on the final whistle, digesting the execution of our club, the executioners decided to stop our support of the protest within the director's box as they tried to evict us all. As I shouted up to Louis to take the video, he caught one of us being wrestled to the ground. Not only shocking incident as this occurred, uh, not the only shocking incident as this occurred elsewhere. I made my way to the front of the box and stood my ground. I was determined they were going to have to carry me out, but they finally. F- failed to evict me thanks to fellow fans flocking to the front of the box to support and defend me <laughs> how bizarre I <laughs> yeah that was Benji <laughs> how bizarre I argued to the stewards here they were putting so much effort into evicting me when I've paid top dollar to be here while freely allowing Burnley fans to evade the pitch then I pointed out to them the police cordon pushing our fans into the Burnley supporters and on towards the Burnley end fortunately Burnley fans were supportive of our cause but that could have had a very different outcome how many more examples of this nasty regime's continued incompetence do we have to witness and what rubs salt in the wound is listening to the FA condemn our actions it's disgraceful I understand every Charlton fan has a view about returning next year but I would encourage as many as possible to come back and stand together again in the year after if necessary it's only fans in numbers and our spirit that will finally rid us, rid us of this great greedy regime but probably the most important thing is it's about time every fan understands this regime's sole purpose and that in my personal opinion is to run this club out of the league to realise London land value we're being fooled into believing they're trying to do their best for the club, but it's simply smoke and mirrors to hide their true objectives. Charlton fans, this is a 1997 Brighton and Archer scenario being replayed. We are literally now in a fight to stop Roland eventually taking the valley away from us, and the more of us that walk away from the games, it's easier, it, the easier it is for him. Now, that none of this will hit Roland's pocket because he'll farm the academy players and sell them to uh, set against his losses until we are finally ruined to a point where London land value and a desperate need for housing has more value than our club. Next season, we'll see, you will see the merry-go-round of marriages and the same rhetoric as before as they try and have us believe we're lucky enough to stay in League One. That will play out while Roland probably tests planning approval in the North Stand and, won't be ad- and that won't be adv- advantageous, shall I say, to Charlton. So my last plea as we go into the close season is please consider coming back and fighting for your club and for the media to now try and help expose the real agenda here as well as ask why the FA are turning the other way. And that's from Robin Lisbon. Thanks, Robin. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that, as I say, Many Robin points in that. Yeah, I'm going to say Robin Stiles, he was the guy who did the, uh, the sitting protest in the um, in the director's box, and it was hilarious. <laughs> he did really well, and he mentioned there was... Um, it was, it was a lot calmer when they were trying to take him away. It was a bit more of a negotiation, but then there was Charlton fans ensuring that the negotiation only went one way. <laughs> um, the interesting stuff about the grounds, still, I'm still not sure if, the, if there's much in that. I'm not either. Um, yeah. um, I, I do, I'm not sure it still exists, but I do know that um, we we're harking back to the, the 70s and 80s when Glickstein was trying to do the same thing uh, from Australia. Um, they, he couldn't. To sell the land, even even when we were at Sellers, because it was designated, um, it's designated in in some sort of uh, legal um, issue to be um, solely for um, uh, greenfield and sporting events. So you can't develop it now. I don't know if that's run out or if it's changed. I've no idea. Um, but uh, so I'd hope that's still the case. But I don't know. I mean, if obviously. You know, you think of worst case scenarios, and what Robin's put in that his email is is it as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm hoping that uh, that's not the case. Mm. I'm hoping that um, the owner's just uh, 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 a little bit deluded in in his thinking bit. of of, uh, of how he can run a football club from Belgium uh, in this in this country without uh, without actually knowing anything about it. Mm. Uh, a few tweets in uh, Basingstoke CFC says even my 76 year old dad was disgusted with the way the police dealt with Charlton fans at the end of the game, way over the top. Uh, Roger Trask as well. 24 hours without a new manager, it must be a record. I was easily expecting we would have bought someone in and sacked them already. <laughs> uh, Kev, right, Kevin says um, a lot moan about card, but there's nothing stopping those moaning to do whatever themselves. I guess if they get if they do get caught, then they got no one to blame for their behaviour or don't have the balls to do it. What they say on social media. So I guess because you, you do often see people moaning. About, like I say, there, there was a lot of guerrilla non-card protests yesterday, and you know, it all went pretty well. But obviously, a lot of people took risks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think in Chris's uh, defence, I think um, he, he sounds like somebody who's, uh, who's actually done stuff like that or did stuff like that yesterday. So, uh, but I get I take the point that a lot of people who do criticise actually do nothing. So, um, uh, you know, criticising somebody and then uh, not being prepared to back that up is 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 uh, is, a, is slightly bizarre. I think uh, a lot way of, of way of pro- con- protest in different ways, don't they? And people prefer to do different. Uh, you know, some people prefer just to do the sitting. Some people prefer just not to go to the game at all. Um, and then there was a tweet from Callum um, saying, "Did the guy who f- threw his shoes on the pitch get them back?" Do we know? <laughs> so well, there were shoes, were they? Yeah, but yeah, I also heard there was a flip flop that landed next to a Burnley player. He was just—he looked down and he was a bit confused. There was, no, there, a, was, there, was, there was a pair of trainers thrown into the, into <laughs> yeah, the into it was. goal. You can imagine that—that's that's one protester who, the second he finishes, like, oh, I'll send yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brand new ones, yeah, yeah. wading way, way going through puddles. And, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that's the thing. There's so much stuff that happened yesterday. You almost forget, don't you? Uh, how are you uh, more emails. Greg Harris has uh, emailed us in. Thanks, Greg. Hi, guys. I've often felt tempted to email before, uh, but uh, I'm still so angry about yesterday, I felt this was the right time to break my silence. My daughter and I sit in the family stand and have been season t- ticket holders for the past two seasons. I've been a supporter for the past 30 years, however. Yesterday was the first game we had been searched at going into the ground. The people conducting the searches didn't look much older than my daughter, and she's 17. Once inside, I saw the netting that had been erected at the lower north and assured my daughter it would be removed before kick-off as the metal post would be a safety risk to the players. How wrong I was. When the game kicked off, it was obvious there were at least 20 Burnley fans sitting next to her and around us. I personally didn't have a problem with them and took the opportunity to explain what I think the protests are all about, and they had no clue. They were all very shocked and surprised by the level of aggression shown by the stewards close to the pitch. At the final whistle, I shook their hands and wished them all the best 
contest for next year. At this point, things were turning very ugly at the front of the stand. We took uh, the decision to leave at this point, as I was concerned things could uh, turn even nastier very quickly. As a result of yesterday, I've taken the decision not to renew our tickets for next year, as I was genuinely shocked by some of the things I saw. The protests have always been non-violent and pretty good-natured before yesterday, and it certainly seems like the club are the ones who have decided to escalate things, and that's uh, regards so from, from Greg. shocked by the things you saw. I assumed you were talking about the defending. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't be shocked by now, surely. We've had a whole season of that, you'd be used to it by now. Uh, Nicola has uh, emailed us in again. Thanks, Nicola. Hi, guys, went to the game yesterday, but the game was a non event. It was more to do with the protests. If they can't see now that there is no way back for them, as far as Charlton fans are concerned, and what a farce next season is going to be. You could tell by what Jose Riga said after he resigned that things are still going to be done how the owner wants it to be done. More substandard players, another substandard manager, budget not good enough. Still, me and my family won't be part of it. See you again once this lot is gone. That's from Nicola. Um, uh, yeah. Just got a tweet in from Amy. You want to read the lovely Amy? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we spoke about this off air actually. We said um, uh, Amy CFC eight six just tweeted in saying, um, "Amongst all the sadness and protest in this season, let's not forget the Sebelos corner at Derby away." Yeah. The, sad, <laughs> the sad thing is that, that that was at the point where we were actually still playing quite well. We were, we quite good, then, yeah. we were just laughing it off, and little did we know yeah. that that was a premonition <laughs> yeah. of how the rest the of the season, season was yeah. going to go. That's the Bears corner. Blimey. Oh god! Uh, <laughs> arguably, arguably, one of our best bits of play this season. <laughs> well, well here's certainly that's further behind Cashy's goal and that opening goal against Sheffield Wednesday. Could they class that as a shot and goal? Uh, maybe one of the training. If, if we saw, if they had those big nets behind, Derby, <laughs> <laughs> we could have counted that. Uh, this is from Maurice, who's uh, entitled Kentish Family, but it's from Maurice. Thanks, Maurice. I arrived at the East End Turnstiles, and the young blue bib steward said, "Take your hat off. I need to do a proper search." Uh, <laughs> no, please. Yeah. yeah. Was it one of those giant... Uh, yeah, who knows, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, all, all will be explained. Uh, no, please, just an arrogant attitude. I gave him my baseball hat, you know, and he then felt around... That just means it's Yeah, and he felt around in the inner room of the hat, saying, I need to... It's just bizarre. I need to do a thorough search. What did you expect to find in the hat? I do not know. I told him that I had a wallet, keys, and a mobile phone in my pocket, which I did not remove, as the notices asked fans not... Uh, as the notices asked fans to do to make the searching quicker uh, he did not care about the contents of my pockets at all after the search he did not even say anything not even thank you after witnessing the blue, blue bib stewards actions in the ground it was obvious they had no proper training to do the job in a professional and courteous manner thanks for a great show look forward to hearing you all again in august that's maurice yeah, cheers mate yeah. well let's say whatever found in the hat uh, <laughs> but do you reckon you for microfilm or something because the only thing you're going to find in a room of a baseball cap is not something you're going to be able to throw anywhere is it <laughs> Yes, here we go. It's Nathan, everybody. Hey. Nathan Bryars. Uh, again, yesterday I was subjected to more verbal abuse and almost physical assault for not siding with the protest. <laughs> Stop it. There are more people joining in with these ludicrous thug life tactics now and they should be banned for life. This will surely only end with someone gets killed. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, <laughs> That's an interesting. I mean, the, all jokes aside, uh, there are a, a few people who aren't in, who don't like the protest. That, still. Of course, that's true. Yeah. I think you know um, some some of them more ferociously than others, and, and Nathan is worried that someone's going to die. That's good. That's good that you know. Obviously, he doesn't agree with it, um, mm. and yeah, we all hope that no one dies through protesting. Don't we? Really? So. Good. Well, got that one covered. Yep. Next one. <laughs> 
<laughs> this uh, this is from Bob. Bob Lipscomb. Thanks, Bob. Evening all. What a day yesterday. Was there a football match going on? As I don't remember seeing one. Had a joke with Hendo on the way in as he got caught up on the traffic outside the ground. Uh, told me he didn't have to worry as he wouldn't be here next season. Got a wry smile. Enjoy your summer. Thanks, Bob. Uh, yeah, it's an inch. Well, we mentioned this before. I mean, the, the, the players coming off at the, at the final whistle. Um, I'm sure they were gutted. They didn't have the chance to uh, do the um, uh, the pitch tour. Uh, to, to, <laughs> um, but uh, you do wonder how many of those will actually still be here next season, if any. Yeah, I mean, Henderson, Henderson for one, that's one I'm certain will be leaving. And I think Nick Pope, it sounds like Nick Pope's going to be the future for us now, which is, you know, in terms of player-wise, it's fine for me. But Henderson's been a great servant for the club, and I guess mm. he's, he got dropped. I think he's unhappy the way he's had to leave, but... Yeah, I think, um, and there, there are lots of um, questions as to why was it the fact that he was the one that came out and did the uh, uh, did the speech. Did just get dropped. I mean, I remember Rich Cordy actually reported it. it seemed to go under the radar because Rich Cordy heard through through sources that Henderson was dropped. He wasn't injured. He was dropped for playing badly. So that's I mean, I, it's, it's nothing to do with speaking out against the regime. And any from what I'm saying, any injuries we've been told he had, he probably did have, but he did get dropped. I think the the finger injury is a genuine one for sure. Um, uh, how the, how yeah? I mean, you'd like to think that that was absolutely the reason uh, he was just dropped. I'm sure he wouldn't be happy about being dropped. Who would be? Mm. Uh, whether or not then he said something he shouldn't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So is that all the emails? Still? That's it at the moment. Excellent. Right. We've got eight minutes left of the show. Um, uh, the, there was one other sort of part of the protest yesterday, and I haven't even had a chance to, to have a read from Marlon yesterday. But they were giving out the uh, the, the program, uh, and in in it it mentioned. Um, they mentioned something about. Did it mention about the new? They're going to do a protest kit. A in kit? There? Yes, yeah. they have it. I've got it here. I was. Uh, um, it's a. It's. Uh, I'll show it up to everybody in the studio. It's a white and black half uh, with a red, um, almost like a V-neck, uh, and uh, the robin crest on a beach ball on a black and white beach <laughs> ball, <laughs> um, on the left-hand crest with uh, covered end choir on the right side, uh, so and then card on the so sleeve. That's quite interesting. We'll see. It's the people have been talking about not putting any more money into the club, and I guess if they don't want people to purchase replica strips anymore, then, then people might be tempted to get one of these. Is how much it's going to be? Uh, it's just to send an email if you're interested. Yeah. Um, just so they can get Coveredend at gmail.com if you, if you want to send an email. Which uh, I did yesterday. And they will, announcements will be made in due course, in due course via social media. Um, but if you want to be really helpful in the meantime and have an, so they can have an idea of demand, and if you do f- fancy one, then coveredend at gmail.com is the, uh, is the email to send it to, uh, just to register your interest. And then they'll know roughly how much they've got to buy, so then they'll know how much it's going to cost. Obviously, the scarves this year have been really popular, so it'll be interesting. I don't know how many people come in replica kits anyway these days but um yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens yeah i've got a sneaking suspicion there'll be a lot of them at yeah, the beginning of next season yeah. if if yeah. this ownership's still in place next season what if a club decide let's preempt this let's make our away kit exactly the same yeah 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 well, you wouldn't put it you wouldn't, wouldn't put it past them would you we, we, yeah but we still they, they people you think would still buy the presumably cheaper protest mm. shirt and therefore mm. they, they'd almost be even better <laughs> fit in uh, the, the other the other type of protest we've seen this week is uh, Axis Europe PLC who withdraw their sponsorship from the club. I think at the start of the season uh, they they now I think they paid a four figure fu- uh, sum to to sponsor cards uh, little little booklet yesterday. Now that's interesting. I, mean, the, I noticed that um, I think Mr Hayes from uh, uh, Europe PLC from Axis Europe PLC was in the director's box yesterday, uh, resplendent in a black and white scarf. So this is I mean. The, the, the problem the club have is that they're turning away now or they're, they're alienating fans who are worth a few bob who could actually pump money into the club and that's another way they're going to lose money but you get the feeling though that money isn't the issue here um, because he's he's loaded <laughs> 
quite frankly. So I don't think money's that bigger, bigger, um, bigger problem. If if uh, if if they turn away people who have got money, I'm not entirely sure they're that bothered. You don't remain you don't remain loaded though if you, if you run a business that is losing money hand over foot. Well, that's any, true. Any, of course, that's true. Any little revenue stream is, is going away. So I guess that's, that's what we said in a week, wasn't it? He's losing a million pound a month anyway, investing in us. If he, okay, he's probably not in it for the money, but what exactly is he doing it for? If he's losing money, he's prepared oh. to lose sponsors. He's continuing this method that's got us down a division and lost money on that as well. There's the thirty-eight million quid question. Peter Mahoney says next year, first time we as a family will not be getting season tickets since back at the Valley More away games. Such a shame. And there were so many uh, fans sort of tweeting similar yesterday, and people we went, we spoke to in the pub saying they're not going to. Quite a few tickets out. left at uh, Sam Bartram statue yesterday yeah. on the way out. I noticed uh, lots of uh, people had left their tickets, um, uh, and including uh, my two. Oh, really? uh, there, yes. Um, so they'll, you know, the decision is likely to be um, game by game if uh, if they if they feel they want to. It's a summer of questions going to be uh, going to be asked in the Smith family household, uh, but for sure they'll go to away games. Yeah. Well, so I mean, that is that is the question now. In, in the last few minutes of the show, we, we you try and look ahead at the end of the show. You look ahead to next to next summer. What what sort of club are we going to be looking at? We're going to be looking at a club that's playing in front of what? At the moment, I think it's 3,000 season tickets we sold. If it goes up to, what, five, 6,000 season tickets on the day, probably another 1,000. So you're going to have, what, maximum 7,000, 8,000 Colton fans in the ground? You know, playing in front of the league one side, players that most of us have never heard of. Um, mm. is, that, is that what we're going to be faced with? It's going to be weird because, um, I mean, if I, if I go back to the last time we were playing in front of five... Six, seven thousand fans, um, obviously sellers, but let's forget that. I mean, the, the, um, the years, the year, I suppose, two years maybe prior to us leaving, uh, the valley, um, in the eighties was, we were playing in front of five or six thousand. Now that was when we had big open stands and the covered end. Uh, now the covered end, um, had a unique sort of, um, um, sound projection yeah. so you could keep the sound in. And so when you were in there, it sounded, it sounded fantastic. Outside, you couldn't hear a damn thing. Um, but the because the the stands were so vast, the East Terrace especially, um, it was uh, you know even when it was full or half full, it seemed like it was empty. So uh, the fact when you were playing in front of five thousand, it, it didn't register quite as much. When you've got a stand or a stadium like we've got now, and you've got so many empty seats mm. with only five thousand, that's going to look just awful. awful isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Gates, he says, empty stands due to fans not attending is a dark part of our history which saw us almost lose our hallow turf. He says, attend and protest. Uh, Roger Trask says, breaking news, Charlton to be sponsored by OXO next season. The deal is said to be worth £10 million. Logo to read the OXO, the laughing stock. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, 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 and then uh, Gavin Blair said, it's been a, f- uh, a funny end to a unique year after he, uh, some, some kind soul found his protest season ticket on the, on the pitch yesterday and, and offered to send it back to him, I don't know, <laughs> to put his address on it. Um, right, we're pretty much running out of time. Um, uh, yeah, sorry I couldn't be here at the start of the show. I would have loved to have been, but that's, that's just the way it went today. Uh, Terry, thanks for, for starting the show for me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Your hard work throughout the season. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to, to Nave, to Lewis, to Mark for coming in and bringing in the delicious cupcakes, which has been absolutely amazing, and to Tom as well. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's been um, it's been a pretty horrible, horrible season um, on the pitch and, and going to the games. Uh, for me personally, coming here to do these shows has pretty much been the only the only good thing about this season. So uh, thank you guys for listening and for sending in your emails, your tweets. Um, 
Uh, I want to thank everyone who's who's been part of the show and isn't in the studio uh, this evening. Uh, I want to thank the club's media team, uh, who's given us a lot of support, and they're probably the reason we're still in this studio. <laughs> yes, if we're being honest, uh, so I'd like to thank them as well. Uh, and yeah, just from me, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been the worst season of our lives, but you know, we'll uh, we'll come back one day, and hopefully, we'll be a stronger club for it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.